Uh, well, good evening, everyone. Uh, let's uh, let's get into this word. Uh, we're we're gonna finish up the. Uh, well, I believe. Well, well, at least finish this portion of a uh, up to date. Uh, what we've been talking about on Sunday because we have our relationship boot camp uh, starting Sunday. So so uh, I know Sunday we talked about updating our souls and we really got into a lot of the the um, master life information um, gave we had some diagrams on the difference between the nor the natural person the worldly Christian and the spiritual Christian and how a natural person has a closed heart to God so that means they can't hear his will basically that uh worldly person has opened their heart to God but have left their their access to the flesh um, Satan's access to the flesh but that a uh, spiritual person a uh, spiritual Christian is a person that has their heart open to God but they've closed the door to the flesh so they're receiving God locked in on his will almost his will is uh, uh, is their only appetite which which will make sense here <clears throat> in a few minutes. So we're gonna <clears throat> we are, we talk about here a lot of the church. You know, we've talked about the soul on Sunday, but within the soul is the mind, will, emotions, and intellect, imagination. Uh, so we're gonna spend some time talking about updating our minds today. Updating our minds. You know, it's finding out is our minds up to date. And <clears throat> and to be honest, this whole update teaching was triggered by what we're going to talk about today. Uh, one of the trips to Ohio, New Jersey, or what have you, I was talking, uh, having some time with the God. It was probably another conversation with my wife. And um, just how our thinking, our thinking has not been in harmony with God. And almost like we're casual, we could we casual with our thinking. We're not intentional with our thinking and how we process things. You know, my wife has been saying here for years at this church, uh, think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. Because if we don't really pay attention to how we're thinking and how we're processing, or why we process or think the way we do, we'll continue to operate outside of God's will and almost, um, not almost, blame God for some of the consequences of our, uh, we'll call it unintentional disobedience, but disobedience nevertheless, right? If we're not in God's will. And a lot of times it's just our thinking and, and our, our feelings and our emotions and, you know, and uh, how we process things. So we need to update our minds. We need to update our minds. So let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Uh, now, of course, uh, 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 Romans 12 2 says, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we know that scripture, Romans 12, 2. Now that scripture right there is already saying what? Don't get stuck in a place of thinking. Don't get stuck in conforming or settling in at a place of thinking. Continue to uh, transform your thinking. That's basically renew your mind. Like it's saying, renew your mind, and he's telling us this because of 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 the the uh, the narrative that was given to you on Sunday. How we were in the earth realm, in the spirit realm, uh, made a a request as angels in the spirit realm to be a part of God's will in this earth realm. But again, once we were injected into this earth earth realm, we were born blind or or subject to sin. You know. And so immediately we have to renew our mind to, to uh, see or be enlightened to why are we here on this earth realm, right? We have to enlighten. Now, if we conform, we won't fulfill what our design is if we conform because the world um, – uh, or the, uh, the, the world is predicated on fleshly thinking, and we know the fleshly mind is enmity against God. It's against the things of God. Uh, 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 it, the scripture says in Romans 8, they that are in the flesh can't please God, right? It's just, no, not these evil people, 
They don't want to please God. They can't. If you're in the flesh, you can't please God. Flesh doesn't know how to submit to the will of God, to flow with the will of God, to choose the will of God, to consider the will of God. Right? Some things are going to make sense to us here shortly. So we know that we need to renew our mind if we're going to even make an effort to taste God's will or consider God's will in our choices. Does that make sense so far? All right, so so uh, our our comparison scripture when we talk about our mind and renewing our mind. As a young man, football player, uh, I spent a whole year. Uh, we talked once or twice a week for an entire year. Our entire topic was renewing the mind for the whole year. Like the Lord just brought so much stuff out. Um, but we talked about how. When you renew your mind, that's renewing your conscious way of thinking. That's where you, uh, uh, mental assent, you agree. You sit in church, you hear something that you haven't heard, something that challenges you, agree mentally, hey, I need to change some things. But we already, we here at Errors, we understand that the adversary is not as dissatisfied that we agreed to change. He's a little bothered, but he's not as bothered that we said in our mind, hey, I need to change. He's bothered when we maintain that change to a point where it bleeds into our subconscious, our default. When we change our default, the devil's scared. The default is what we do without thinking about it. Our default, our subconscious is what we do without thinking about it. That's how, when we wake up every day, we're living out of our subconscious, right? That's our, that's our default, no matter what. It's the reason why we wear a certain shirt. It's the reason why we, we have to sit in a certain place at church. It's the reason why we, I don't know, uh, I picked some little weird thing I like to do because I do weird stuff. So, But, you know, this is the reason why you wear Adidas, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's... <laughs> You got somebody need to renew their mind back there, right? Right, but but it's a it's a reason why we have whatever our habits is, right? Does that make sense? All right, so we go here to Romans. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Ephesians four, where I told you to turn Ephesians four, and actually spend time with just reading through Ephesians four, uh, uh, breaking it down. Like, like through the course of your year, in addition to everything you're reading, add Ephesians 4 to your reading list. Like, um, it's one of my, my chapters. But just, just and, and, and I'm going to tell you, you'll keep reading through and you'll keep discovering more and more about yourself, more and more about your life. Because there's so much packaged in Ephesians 4. As one gentleman came out to our church, pastor, I think his last name is Stratton, but he's a multi-multi-millionaire business guy. Um, uh, man of God and he highlighted Ephesians 4 and I never forgot I had different people come around me they start highlighting stuff I think it was either Tim Story or Marilyn Hickey one highlighted Romans 8 that's why I read that uh, somebody else highlighted 1 Corinthians 13 that's why I read that uh, Psalms 27 the Lord gave me that on my own <laughs> you know? but just all these different little chapters it's like Certain things have stood out for these generals in uh, Ephesians 4. All right, so let's go here, verse 22. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation. Now, when you see that word conversation, it's not necessarily talking about verbal communication. It's talking about way of living or manner of living in the Greek, right? So if you put this, that's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 3, it says the, the, the wife wins the husband by her conversation her manner of living okay all right so it says that you put off concerning the former conversation meaning the former manner of living the old man look which is corrupt according in harmony to the deceitful lust so that old nature thrives off deceiving lust lust clouds you and when you're clouded, you can easily be deceived or confused, lost even. But you don't always feel like you lost. That's why, i.e., deception. You know, deception is person that's being deceived don't know to be deceived, right? 
So it's saying the lust will cloud you to a point where it will deceive you in following a pattern that's not healthy for you. So that's the old man and, and how he, his appetite. And then verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, we've already discussed here the spirit of your mind, different than just being renewed in your, your, your conscious, is your subconscious. Be renewed in the core of your, your processor or your thinking, right? And then let's look at verse 24. And that you put on what? The new man, right? Which after God. Now, remember we read over in, 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 uh, in uh, Romans 8 on Sunday, uh, you know, they that are uh, after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, right? Is, what it's saying is like, so my thirst, my appetite is spiritual or either carnal or fleshly. So this is saying after God, the new man is, it says that you put on the new man, which after God is, look, 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 now this is key, is created in righteousness. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to become this new man. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. But I become that new, new, new man. That new man is forged or created or evolves or starts to build in righteousness and true holiness. So, so, so I have to put off the old man, put on a new man, but how that new man is created, how do I become that new person? See, because our minds are, again, we're talking about updating our mind because our minds are contrary to the things of God. Like we have, we have legit reasons not to do godly things. Like we can't even lock ourselves in. The scripture says, be ye holy as I am holy. Be ye perfect as I am perfect. Our new man, what? The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Our new man is willing to what? Be holy and to be righteous. Now, in our, but our old man will tell us, come on, man. What's the chances of me being holy and righteous? Why bother? Right? That, you know how the old man is. No one's perfect. Right? That's, that's not a new man line. That's an old man line. Right? Well, but see, that new man is forged in righteousness. That means the more that we stay in an atmosphere, in a diet, in a consistency of righteousness, we become a new man. So I saw this young man I was ministering to a while ago and this got him into reading the word on a consistent basis. And so after a while, he started talking to me. Now, now, no, no. Now, when you do this by in a month, this will happen. In two months, this will happen. I ain't telling him none of that. Man, you just need to get in that word. Got in the word, was in the word all the time. And he started making interesting comments. He said, man, you know what? Ever since I've been reading the word, I see stuff. It seems like I see everything. Ever since I started getting the word, like his belief wasn't uh, playing off a doubt because he was in the word. And so the word bring of light gives understanding to the simple, right? Right? That, 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 that word if I hit my heart, so I might not sin against God, right? Some of our survival kit scriptures. So he said, the more I read, man, I see. Like every time he was talking, it seemed like this dude was that phenomenal wisdom. Because he was, all he was doing, reading the word all the time. Then he got to a point where uh, something came up. Let's say uh, a job responsibility. Now, he had the choice. I could stay in the word or I could just, I'm going to knock this job thing out. And so he told himself, I'm going to knock this job thing out. But you know how jobs are. Once he knocked that out, then it had something else for him to do. Then it had something else for him to do. So it had something else. Before you know it, he's not in the word as he was before. Right then, uh, a life crisis came up. Just, just a life crisis. Now, after he, after he spent all his time doing the job thing, okay, well that got him busy. So now he's even further away from the word. Do end up losing everything that was valued to him. But what changed? Time in the word. Look at your life. Look at you in the word, and look at you not in the word. Look at how you think. I guarantee you, not in the word, more worst case scenarios. More doubting your skills and your beliefs. Now, I don't even have to be at your house. 
Think about when you're in the word, something for some reason you believe you can do it. Anything, right? Think about outer word. Look at the relationships, uh, the husband and wife. In the word, less arguing. Even in the children and the parents, you get along better when you're in the word and when you're not. Ain't that right? Okay, time, just say amen. Yeah. <laughs> right? You see the difference? So why aren't we in the word? See, see, the longer we're in righteousness, we start to evolve into that new man, right? Does that make sense? Ephesians 4, uh, 22 to 24. So now, let's go back to this, our minds being outdated. Because remember we talked about you got to keep doing your updates on your computer. Well, if you don't keep your mind updated, you'll start thinking worldly about godly things. You'll be thinking worldly about godly things. So God will say, hey, right, what I need you to do is just go over here. I don't understand. Why why I need to go? Because if you if you're not in the word, you'd be like, but but I went over there before. They they you know, I already tried that. That that you know, they they say I don't need me. But God told you to go over there. <laughs> right? You look at things totally different when you're in the word. You look at God moves as uh not it may happen. You know it will happen. All right. All right. So 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 we gotta we gotta update our mind. So an outlet. Now this is the thing. How do I know when my mind is outdated? An outdated mind loses the capacity to maintain belief for the unseen. It loses the capacity to maintain a belief for the unseen. It, it decides to settle for the limits of the scene. So I know my mind is outdated when I start to lose my capacity to believe in what has not manifested yet, what I've never seen, what nobody in my life has seen. When I start to lose that, then I, I, I need to upgrade. <laughs> I need to update my mind, right? See, see our whole life, and what we're believing for, what you're believing for, our whole life, what we're believing for right now, remove the ability to see beyond the unseen, are we believing at all? We're just, we're just the same depressed people we were before we came to the kingdom. That's the only difference between people in the kingdom and people are not. People in the kingdom believe beyond what they see. Or should. <laughs> Because if we're just going to think worst case scenarios, we don't really need to be in the kingdom to do that, do we? <laughs> Everybody in the world could, could. Listen, anybody can believe what they see. Actually, don't even take belief, do it. It's right there in front of you. It's manifested. It's having a conversation with a young lady at the church on Sunday. And we were talking about uh, how. So I use this scenario because I used to use it with my wife all the time. So let's say if, uh, if her knee was hurting and. So she, ah, oh, my knee hurt. I was like, babe, well, you probably don't want to confess that. Well, I don't want to be in denial. My knee hurt. I said, well, whether you confessed it or not, your knee hurt, right? What do you desire? She was like healing. So what needs your help? I said, the pain don't need your help. It's already manifested. What needs your help is what's not manifested. So why would you use any words to assist what's already manifested? Why would you project it beyond that point? Why? You should only use your words for what you desire. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, life and death. No, it says Proverbs 6, 2 is you're snared by the words of your mouth. You're held captive by what you say. That's what snared means, to be held captive by what you say. And then uh, uh, 1821 says life and death is in the power of the tongue. See, see, so, so it says the tongue is a little, men, little member, but boasts great things in James, right? So, so what it means is, okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Back in Genesis. In the beginning, God created us, right? It says, what did he say? Let us make man in our image and what? After our likeness. So if you saw that scripture and you was like, I wonder how God made me. You would look at all the previous verses and say, Based on what the previous verses say about God and who he is, that's who I am. All the verses before Genesis 1, 28, 
26, it's, it said, God said, let there be light. God said, let there be a firmament. He spoke everything into existence. And then he said it was good, right? Everything he spoke, he spoke and manifested and it was good, right? It didn't say God took his hands and put the sun in the sky. It said he spoke it into existence. Matter of fact, it even said God showed up and saw darkness. Same thing. How come God didn't go, man, it's all dark up in here. Look at this void and this darkness. God said nothing about what he saw. He spoke what he wanted. Let there be light. When he saw darkness, he spoke. See, that darkness, that debt, that sickness and disease is placing a demand on the manifestation of the children of God. See, the, 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 the darkness, I, I make this case. The darkness, the sickness, the disease, the debt, the lack is looking for the children of God. Because they're the solution. So when it, when it shows up a place of demand, when debt shows up to you and places a demand on you, it's placing a demand on you to what? Manifest what's supposed to take care of it out of your mouth. Speak into existence abundance. Prosperity, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. It's, it doesn't need you to state the obvious. It's not showing up for you to, to talk about it. It's showing up for you to get rid of it. Right? Sickness show up. It doesn't need you to talk about it. it it's placing a demand on you to manifest what is supposed to take, take care of it. Right? All right. So how we got it? How we got into that, huh? <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting, yeah, interesting little turn there, right? All right, so, all right, so we said we need to update our minds. Look, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. So if I fill myself up with the words when the demand is placed on me, what's going to come out? Faith-filled words, right? But if I fill myself up with the world, what's going to come out of me? The world, right? Worst case scenarios, right? Would you say, uh, a minister? Negative stuff. Actually, you taught, did a teaching. Well, both of y'all did a teaching on the word in your mouth, right? Right. All right. So let's let's let's. Uh, so 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 we need to update our mind. We need to remember an outdated mind loses the capacity to maintain belief for the unseen. It loses the the capacity to maintain. See, because you got to maintain a belief, because then when the demand is placed on you, what's going to come out of you? Belief, right? All right, so, uh, so we got to ask this question, is our reality up to date? Is our reality up to date? Look at 1 Corinthians uh, 13. This is a familiar scripture here at Ayers, but let's see it from a different context. First Corinthians 13. This is good. This is good because this, this ties into what we just said about uh, watching what we say and updating our mind. We can almost say update your mouth, right? <laughs> because look, look, at, look at here, verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I did what? Spake as a child. Look. Understood as a child. Look. Thought as a child. But when I became a man, got updated, I put away childish things. I don't speak like a child. A child's going to state the obvious. I don't understand or process like a child. Get overwhelmed easily. I can't take notes in the service. That's too deep. I don't think like a child. Nobody's perfect. That's a children thing. You know, he's teaching my son how to, my grandson how to shoot. He's trying to change my shot. Exactly. I sure am. Trying to change that jacked up shot. Why? Why? Because you're young. You're learning. When I coached uh, high school, this is one of the players, point guards, he used to get upset. Why are you always getting them? I said, slow down, son. I said, guess what? You're in high school. This is when you learn the game. You're not. It's okay. You know, because, you know, when people are young, uh, they don't like making mistakes. Oh, I'm sorry. I said young, right? None of us like making mistakes, right? Like, like you, you ever have a, a, a debate with your spouse or, or, or somebody you're close to just because you pointed out an imperfection? And the reflex is what? Well, 
you got stripes on your shirt too. You know, like somebody trying to like they try to it's an attack. What's the attack for? Because see, that's childish thinking. I have a rule. Let me make the mistake at least once. I got you know, uh we got a witness back there, Marcus. Marcus has made mistakes, right? Yeah, you see him back there. He was like, eh, I'm, I'm normally perfect, but if you say so, Pastor, Marcus has made mistakes. <laughs> right, but this is the thing is, but ask him. I don't be tripping. Listen, they've actually, y'all probably don't realize this. Some of y'all might have taught something or, or was looking for your footage and never saw it. You know why? Because it was never recorded. <laughs> right? But, but I didn't go back there. What? I, I mean, one time... I was sweating and everything preaching. And I, and I was preaching that day. Yeah, like, well, boy, we's on fire up in here. Went in the back. Uh, pastor, uh, got some bad news. It was not recorded. I, you know, I took a deep breath. I was like, are you serious? But I didn't trip because people going to make them. Actually, I can trip all I want. We, ain't, we weren't getting that recording. <laughs> right? Because it wasn't recorded, right? You understand what I'm saying? So, so I said that to say, like, it's childish thinking to think that, that we're not going to grow or learn from a mistake. Right? That's actually what our whole life is about, growing and learning from mistakes. Actually, that's how I learned a lot of stuff, by making mistakes. And actually, I put some, I put some bad stuff out there. Our artwork, I put, some, I put some bad artwork out. Let me tell you that right now. I just... <laughs> Thank, thanks, Tanya, for being in agreement. Thanks, thanks for your amen, Tanya. Oh yeah. By the way, Pastor, let me let, let me give you the list. <laughs> she wasn't thinking that. She wasn't thinking that. She wasn't thinking that. She was just in agreement. But I put it out. But you know what? I just knew I did the best I could at the time, and I just learned and kept learning. And I'm still learning. Like I'm still learning. Actually, I'm about to about to learn how to. Well, I'm not gonna tell y'all how to do it. Yeah, yeah, because we're always evolving, right? So I'm learning some some motion stuff now, right? But what I'm saying is, is I'm okay with that. If we've done the best we can, I'm okay with that. But if we haven't, see, excellence is not perfection. Excellence is attention to detail. That means I've exhausted everything I could do. I'm not neglecting anything. So if you ask me to do something, I'm going to go to extra mom. I'm going to do it for you. You say, oh, uh, me and my wife, we're starting this, this business or this ministry, and we need you to put together a logo for us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to treat you as if you're paying me. That doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it will be excellent because I'm going to go attention to detail. I'm going to go extra mile. I'm around the corner. I'm going to be up all night. I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to give you what you ask. And then if you come back and go, that's nice, Pastor, but I need you to change this. If you do a Stella or something on me, you know, I'm going to change it because <laughs> I'm serving you. <laughs> right? In excellence. Ain't that right, Stella? <laughs> well, actually, Pastor, that's nice, but I think I, do, uh, I saw this going a little different. Right? Amen. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so I, I said that for a reason. I right, so, and what I said is we need to update our reality. So I said when I was a child, thought as a child, understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put off childish things. Right. Uh, see, some of us are still child children. We're still stuck in being a child. We're still thinking we don't need people. Only, only a child thinks like that. I'm not, that's not me putting nobody down, but it's true. I was just having a conversation with uh, Nate earlier, and we were talking about uh, well, we was talking about his business, and we were saying how he says, "Man, thank God I got a team." He said, "You need a team." I said, you need, "I said you need help with everything you do." And I said, so, "So, so then we were talking." He said, "Man, you know, if you just look at it, you look at how the body is designed." Because I went to the doctor today, because I I was I'm, I've been recovering better, but I've been feeling pain over my ear. In my head, so I ain't want to be walking around with no pneumonia. Like I'm not a doctor. I rarely go to the doctor. But I was like, 
Could it be walking pneumonia or something? Since I was still feeling it. But I'm fine. But the lady was explaining stuff, you know, because I'll be listening. So she was saying how, and I, I forgot what it's called, but it's where your everything drains, right? And so when kids, when, when you're young, it's hard for everything to drain. So that's why a lot of kids have earaches. Well, I was almost functioning like a child. Like I felt like I was getting an earache. Because things weren't draining the way they're supposed to. And she was like, it's all connected. Everything's connected. She was just saying how stuff was connected. And that's what Nate was saying today. He was like, like the way God designed our body, it's all connected. Everything's connected. When, I, when, when my back was bothering me, I went to uh, Massage Envy. Somebody gave me a free Massage Envy thing. So I went in and the guy said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start working on your muscle right here. I was like, no, 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 no. I said, my back is hurting. He said, I don't think you understand, sir. He said, your muscles come all the way back and around in here. He says, it's your T-band. Like, I was like, huh? He said, I can tell the way you walked in here. Because I must have walked in. <laughs> he said, I can tell you where you walked in. Like, I don't even have back problems now. Because I religiously be at the house watching TV, uh, getting all these knots out. We make a lot of noise at the house. But I get all these knots out. But get wherever they, these little, the, the tension and the pain, I'm getting them all out. So I like... And see, I need my back to play basketball. <laughs> you can't spin a swivel. You can't do that. I need my back, right? I'm saying all that. It's all connected. And so then I said, Nate, I said, you know, that's so interesting. The body is connected like that. I said, so was the body of Christ. I said, and just like, I said, imagine if your ears or your lungs decide, man, this is crazy, man. I'm not doing this. I'm going solo. I'm going on my own. Your lungs aren't designed to be on their own. They they can last for a while, but eventually what? They're gonna get they're gonna die. They're gonna get destroyed. Because they're designed, they're only as 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 strong as as they are connect, connected to the body. Same thing in the body of Christ. You go Romans 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, read through it how uh oh, so we being many are one body in Christ. The scripture says, apart from him we can do nothing, John 15, 5. So a lot of times when we go solo on our own, like we were talking about self-will on Sunday, when we go self-will, not God's will, we can sustain a short period of time, but eventually we start to wither because we're, we've been designed to harmonize. That's why we have to renew our mind. That's why we have to update our mind because if the body is updating, but we're out of date, we can be out of harmony. And without a harmony, we're not going to get what we need. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's childish to be thinking self or, or isolated, independent. That's childish. That's not godly, right? Because maturity is, I need you. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. I remember me immature. I ain't need, I didn't think I needed none of y'all. That was my philosophy. Not y'all in general. I'm talking about growing up. Well, really. For a long time. <laughs> for a long I don't need nobody. <laughs> you know, struggling, right? Right? Because you need the body, right? Okay, good, good. Now that we got that. So so we said we need to update our reality. So first Corinthians thirteen, I read eleven, twelve. It says, For now we see through a glass darkly. Now this is connected to verse eleven as a child. It says, but then face to face. So I'm not seeing clear. It says, now I know in part, but then I should know even as I am known, amplified version of that says, by God, right? So I'm updating my reality. This, uh, um, no, no, you can leave the font. I just need to find where 12 is. You know how like they be changing and, and the, the numbers be all tiny. All right, so it says, uh, for now, in this time of imperfection it says we see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection a riddle an enigma it says but then when the time of perfection or maturity comes we will see reality so it's saying that we're not seeing a reality at a certain point it's a riddle or an enigma you know i don't know if y'all 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 into the uh the, the Marvel comics or DC, DC would be Batman, but Enigma, <laughs> Riddler, <laughs> right? That's where that came from. All right. Some of y'all probably don't know what I'm talking about, do y'all? 
right. It's holding us. Y'all remember like the Riddler from uh, Batman? Huh? With the little question marks all over his, his uniform? Yeah, okay. But in the new one, his uh, as he's evolving, his name is Enigma, which means riddle. <laughs> right? All right, so anyway, all right, so I, I, I know. All right, it says, uh, we'll see in reality face-to-face. It says, now I know in part, just in fragments. It says, but then will I know fully just as I've been fully known by God. Thanks, Ray. Right? I, so so we have to update our reality. So so you know it's one of the things I pray for the, myself and the church. We have to uh, to embrace reality. That's one of the things. Uh, let me see. Uh, I think we have liberty, love, value, courage, compassion, faith, favor, peace, provision, power, diligence, discipline, wisdom, gratefulness, holiness, healing. We need. Um, uh, I think you we're embracing reality. So as a part of the confession, I pray over the church, embracing reality. Because a lot of times we're not embracing reality. The reality is we need to change. Some case, the reality is we lazy. Some case, the reality is we prideful and stubborn, right? It's reality, right? The reality is ain't nobody coming, it's you. you it's your fault, right? <laughs> ain't nobody else coming. You be looking. We can find out who fault this is. No, ain't nobody else coming. <laughs> Issue, <laughs> right? So, 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 embrace reality. So, so we have to draw on a line, a line in the sand between reality and make believe. We have to draw a line in the sand between reality and make believe. Now, now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you some kamash to explain this has been happening for a long time, way back in Genesis. But so we have to draw a line between reality and make believe. Now, you know, God gave us this imagination. And depending on who's using it, the Holy Spirit is using it, he can show you your future on the canvas of your imagination. If the, the adversary or the flesh or self or the devil is using it, he can create false evidence appearing real. You're like fear, false evidence appearing real, worst case scenarios and stuff. Right. We have to draw a line in the sand between reality and make believe. So let's look at Exodus 2, Exodus 32, I'm sorry. To give you a picture of how easy it is to lose sight of reality. A lot of y'all know this story, so this this uh make some sense to you. One of the things I, I used to, especially when I used to talk to the youth, I used to use this one. So uh Exodus 32. Uh, verse 1, it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us a God, which shall go before us, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we would not what has become of him. So, so now picture this, they, they were delivered from Egypt, they're, you know, in the wilderness, Moses goes to the mountain, Mount Sinai, but he's up there a, a, a while. Now, remember now we said the new man is created in righteousness. You got to stay in righteousness long enough to evolve into the new man. If not, it's so easy to slip into the old man or the old nature. Worst case scenarios, worry, uh, concern, fearful, right? And so, so Moses is gone Instead of them maintaining worship to God, the presence of God, reading the, whatever they need to read, they, they in the flesh. So they're going, man, we don't know. He probably won't even come back. Now, now, th- there's no guarantee that that's true either. So they use their faith for the worst case scenario, right? They say, okay, make us a God, right? He's, 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 so he's, grab Aaron and say, make, first of all, just a statement alone. Make us a, Aaron, make us a God. That's how we sit around here right now. Mr. Sammy, hey, before we leave out here, could you make us a God? That doesn't even make sense, does it? Right, but, but obviously to them, this is an option. All right, so then you, you see, says, make us a God. Verse 2, it says, Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them unto me. And the people broke off golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. 
And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. And after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, these, talking about the molten calf, these be the gods of Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. So what do we got? What, what do we have here? Aaron, they, they actually believed that this golden calf that was made by them was going to bring them out of the wilderness. They made an idol. They made it. See, see self-will. And they said, this is going to bring us out. Well, you didn't need to make nothing. You didn't need to make no gold. You could have just said, I'm going to bring you out. Because you just made it. How is something you made going to be more powerful than you? Right? So basically you're saying, I will bring us out. So let me ask you this. They made an idol and, and believed that the idol will bring them out of the wilderness, the, the desolate, the desperate stuff. What idols are we making? What, what are we resurrecting that we're building up that we believe is going to get us out of our wilderness as opposed to God? Is it our job? Is it our hustle? Is it our talent? What if we res is it our, our children? What if we res what if we made idols that we're telling ourselves is gonna get us out? Right, because we do the same thing, right? See, see again, we lose sight of reality. And when we lose sight of reality, there's a there's an overconfidence, or we call a presumption, that we have in ourselves that says, my way is all that's necessary. I don't have to do it God's way. And, okay, so I look at this two ways. One, even if that were the true, why would God even allow you to get away with that? It's not true. But So God, the Almighty, is going to let you and your way be the solution. You'll lose your mind. Right? So it's set up where you've been designed by him to fulfill a particular will. And the reality is you, you have to stay connected to him to fulfill what he purposed you to do. Right? See, when our minds are updated, we fall out of harmony. When our minds aren't updated, we fall out of harmony. Because we get caught up in the self-will and not God's will. And that's what throws things off. Now, now I'll give you this story. Um, you've probably read it before, but uh, children of Israel. Because we've been designed to achieve anything. Like, like we're, we've been designed to do the impossible. Literally. And so way back in Genesis, you know, like, you know I know we got the Playstations, we got Lust, we got porn, we got all types of stuff. They didn't have all that back then. But but they were building a tower, Genesis 11. And it said that they, they uh, let's look here real quick, Genesis 11. Shows you how the mind can operate, meaning, meaning just the mind in general, independent of God. But how, how uh, like Nate was saying earlier today, how God has designed us. Uh, Genesis eleven six. it says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is what? One. And they have all what? One language. And this they begin to do. Look, and now nothing will, will be restrained from them that they, they have imagined to do. All because what? They were as one, one language and one mind. Now, you know, I've studied this out through Kamash and all types of stuff and 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 you know uh, just with the the Satan's influence on Nimrod and all that stuff but basically they was building a tower unto God but they were influenced by the adversary because he got kicked out of what heaven so they were trying to build a tower back to heaven thinking they were doing it but really they were being as we talked about on Sunday fleshly influenced but the fact that they were in an agreement it said that nothing can be restrained from the imagined to do. And if you think about it, God didn't try to destroy what they built. 
he divided them. Look, look, look here. It says, uh, uh, verse 7. It says, go, let us go down there and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the, all the earth, and they left off to build the city. All he did was create confusion, and they stopped building on their own. Look, it didn't say he, he, he destroyed the tower. It said that all he did was confuse their language, made it so they wouldn't be in agreement because they weren't, they weren't trying to, to harmonize why they came in this earth for God's will. They were doing self-will. You see what I'm saying? So God set things up for us to be in agreement and harmony. If we're in agreement and harmony, like we're talking about church, I've already seen it. Like, I, I guess I, I got to put this out there because I, I said I already seen it, right? Like, like we could build a church. It, it's, it'd be paid for with who we have at the church now. If we, if we believe that, God will utilize various vessels and God will come up with all types of stuff. God will come up with inheritances, with, with, with acquisitions, with uh, God will do a thousand things. Actually, he's already doing it. <laughs> Just with a little bit of agreement we have, he's doing it. You can't be stopped if you're in agreement. We get total agreement, I guarantee you. And, I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about folk struggling. I'm talking about everybody rolling. Because that's how God would have to do it, right? <laughs> that's how we would have to do it, right? Because trust me, ain't nobody going to not uh, pay, their, pay their mortgage. <laughs> Boy, that church sure looks nice. Uh, maybe they'll give us a room in there because we don't have a place to stay. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? No, God ain't rolling like that. So what I'm saying is we have to update our mind and get back to reality. And and what took place with these children um, of Israel, uh, what took place, in I'm sorry, in uh, Genesis 11 is, I read this in a Kamash a long time ago, such, but such is the capacity for self-deception. No, I'm sorry, but such is man's capacity for self-deception that he can negate reality and build substance around a vacuum of nothing. So what that means is we have the capability to build something around nothing. And what's at the core of it? Nothing. It's not God's will. It's not God's plan. That's why things, uh, only things you do for Christ will last. But we can do that. We've done it. We've created our own reality and stuck to that no matter what somebody tells us, just out of pride. The truth is, cut your losses. The truth is, change. Change. That's the truth. But. Our mind tells us, no, 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 I don't need to change. I'm good just the way I am. Because if I change, then I have to admit that I was wrong. If I have to admit that I was wrong, then I've been wrong the whole time. And it would take a whole lot of humility for me to admit I've been wrong the whole time. Instead of doing that, I'll just stick to my guns until I have to change anyway. Like, wh why, why, why have I changed? Because I had to embrace the reality that, stupid, you don't know what you're doing. Like, listen, man, not listen. And you couldn't, listen, you could talk to me two years later, I would be sticking to my guns. That's how I used to be back in the day. Two years later. So, so, man, two years ago, Keith, man, and, and you can't get in trouble. You know, I, that one situation. Nah, 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 I ain't do it. <laughs> two years later, I was so uh, stuck on proving a point, I wasn't embracing reality. How many times are we doing this? So we got to update our reality. And um, because if we don't, we'll find ourselves abusing the purpose of imagination. Imagination is for us to see the unseen, God's will, see the impossible. Not for us to create catastrophe where there was none. All right, so you see, so uh, let's go here. First Corinthians 15, first Corinthians 15. So we're talking about updating our minds here, right? 
And we said that 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 an, an outdated mind, I gave you, outdated mind loses the capacity to maintain belief for the unseen, right? Loses the capacity to maintain belief for the unseen. Now look at look here, First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. This is a scripture that people hear in the body of Christ for a while, but I want to speak about it just a little bit different. Uh, fifty eight. It says, "Therefore, my beloved, First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, look, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always submerged in the work of the Lord, God's will. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord." See, if I'm always abounding in the work of the Lord, I don't care how it looks, I'm not going to be shamed. Matter of fact, Scripture says I get double for my shame. In Isaiah 61, or 61 verse 7, right? But I, I can't guarantee that, that I'm not going to be ashamed if I'm not in, in the Lord, if I'm not in God's will, if I'm doing my own thing. So, so I can say, well, I'm just, be, the Bible says be steadfast and unmovable. Yeah, if you're always abounding in the work of the Lord. See, so, so, but I have to embrace the reality. Am I in God's will or am I not? So, the, so some of the depression is I'm outside of God's will. And my, and my inner man is saying, man, I can't stay here, man. This, I can't take this. No, no, no. You're trying to tell me to be happy. I'm, no, I'm not happy because this is not what I was designed to do. Inner man is screaming like, man, come on, man, let's stop. Let's stop this, man. We can cut our losses now. Man, we're going to look bad for just a little bit, but, man, we're going to be on top, man. Let's, let's stop. Let's stop. But, the, the, but that outer man, that flesh, that self-will is suppressing inner man. It's like, man, it'll be all right, man. man trust me, it's going to work out. And, and the inner man is like, come on, man. I'm tired. I can't take this no more. That's why you can, you can seemingly be, everything could be going well, but something's eating on you on the inside. Because... Going well outside of God's will is not going well at all. Right? Okay, all right. So, so, so steadfast, movable, always abounding of the faith. And uh, this is a book that um, I read a while ago. I think I gave it to, I know I gave it to, I think I recommended it to Stella, but I recommend it to a lot of people. But I call it like a, uh, almost like a ministry handbook, even though the, type, the topic of the book doesn't say ministry handbook. The topic of the book is healing the sick. T.L. Osborne. Man, that's one of the most powerful books I've ever read in my life. Powerful book. Everything in there. Examples. Uh, packed. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people healed. Uh, the pictures. Everything in there. Every scripture possible on, on healing is in there. Every scripture. Every, how do I know this? Because I read it. <laughs> Backwards and forwards. Study. I actually taught it in ministry school. I, but it's, it's some stuff in the book that really stood out for me. God has never asked us to have faith for something he did not promise. He's never asked us to have faith for something that he didn't promise. And this is how, to, how, how, how it flows if you look at it. First, Ray, God gives us the promise. Then the promise creates faith in us, which produces action, which draws the manifestation and he fulfills it. But he, look, look, the scripture says he loved us because he first loved, we love him because he first loved us. God's always committing first. Hey, I'll do that. Now all you got to do is do this. Not, nah, nah, I'm not going to do that unless you do this. That's how we roll. God's always, look, God, listen, I'll do exceedingly burning above all you can ask or think. You have need of patience after you've done my will. You'll get the promise. But, but I'm guarantee you, I'll give you the promise. All right, so, so before you can have steadfast faith that we talked about in 1 Corinthians 15, for whether it's healing or your finances or deliverance or your new job or just, just uh, the career you're believing, believing for, you must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. If there's any level of uncertainty in you, it's going to be hard for you to be steadfast. Think about it. There's no way I'm moving to a city 
that I've never been in my entire life unless there's no uncertainty. I have to know that I know that I'm leaving a city. No, I wasn't leaving a city because I was struggling. I wasn't leaving a city because I didn't have a job. I wasn't leaving a city, Mr. Samuel, because I wasn't operating in my gifting. I was actually working for a church full time. At the, at, there was a time, I listen, all I got to do is different than here because we're growing, but all I had to do is show up. There's thousands of people. I minister and then walk out the back. I know it. Listen, I ain't had to worry about no music ready. I ain't had to worry about if the sound was together. I ain't had to worry about nothing. All I had to do, only thing I had to do was have my word. Packed house, thousands of people. That's all I do is come and just. Then, I, then, then twice a week, I go on campus. And when I went on campus, uh, man, I'm not saying this to boast. I'm just saying. But when I went on campus, like, I just walked in. Like, you know, they have a, a complex. Everybody can't go in the complex. I could. Twice a week, I just go in. Complex, I go in. We do the Bible study. It's a major university. Then once a week, I'm at, uh, you was there. Is at uh, another university. Uh, uh, once a week, had audience there. I mean, the basketball people knew me. The ministry people knew me. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I wasn't like, so, man. Ain't nothing to do. Uh, uh, go to uh, was it, was it the Columbus uh, Blue Jackets? That's the uh, hockey team. Yeah, this is chapel with the Blue Jackets. This is go to the, go to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, like I, yeah, there, there was another uh, uh, arena team. I did chapel with the arena team. You know, I mean, I, I, it wasn't like I uh, had a couple of stints on TV. So it's not like I. Man, I just got, I just got to get out of here, man. I said, no, no, I wasn't. Matter of fact, when people just talked to me about ministry, I said, everybody be trying to rush out to ministry. I was like, listen, man. I said, you don't just be going out on your own like that. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm covered. I'm under a covering. I have, I have a, a platform, right? God said, go to Charlotte. You better make sure there's the, that 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 you're not well. Let's, let's roll the dice. No, we ain't rolling the dice. That's what keeps you when you're doing Bible study at the apartment. That's what keeps you when you're stacking up chairs every, uh, every Saturday night. Yeah, you're packing them in your SUV and, then, and, and you got you to gotta put the seat down on the passenger side in the Honda which the Honda, you're scratching up your, 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 your console and your, your leather seats and all that stuff to move the podium. Because the podium can't fit with all the chairs in the SUV. You're rolling up your banners and unrolling your banners. You don't even have a secure place to do offering. People don't know you. It was behind the curtain, but really behind the curtain, there was a, a glass door open with a gymnasium. Somebody just walked right through the glass door. So, so what we did was instead of going all the way to the glass door, we went behind the curtain and stopped right there and just left the thing right there on the floor. And I had no office. You know what the office was? Standing in the back of the church waiting to preach after I did sound. After I got the camera set. And then when I asked the, asked Pastor Mel sing, I just run up, it's my turn. Well, you know what I was doing before that? Uh, I would step outside the door because it was at a corner. We was at this corner, and I would think, like, you know, sometimes people would not know because it's not easy. You could drive by. So I was like, well, you know, maybe if I step outside, somebody go, just in case of somebody driving by, I'd be like, no, no, we're over here. Because <laughs> yeah, you ain't know who was coming through the door. How do you get through that? You see what I'm saying? How do you, how are you, because God promised something. How do you go to the, you, you talk to God, and God tells you, we're taking people out to eat every, every, every week for a year. Just started, church just started. Now, mind you, even if it's 15 people at $12 or more a piece, 
And then the, so the tell, I told, talked to God. God says, well, you keep taking care of the people. The next Sunday, and after you preach a good sermon, you're feeling all good like we do now. We feel good. Hey, anybody want to go to eat? Rarely, rarely ever did everybody go eat. Everybody went to eat that day, 27 people. We had, we had the, the long tables, and then we had some, we, it was like, then we had to get a whole nother section, 27 people. And some people called their spouses that day that didn't come to church. And they came and took takeout. So how do you do that? Because God told me that day, you take care of the people, I'll take care of the church. He told me that on that Saturday night. So I took them 27 people out to eat. That was a pretty, pretty hefty bill. But see, God honored his promise that next Monday it was $60,000 in the post office box. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't do my part knowing it was going to be $60,000. God never said, hey, you honor your end, I'll put $60,000. i give you $60,000. He never said he was going to give me $60,000. He says, you take care of the people, I'll take care of the church. That's all he said. I, nobody never in my life gave me $60,000. So it wasn't like I was going to, going, let's take these people out to eat so we can get 60. No! Well, I wasn't thinking that. That's how we moved to that, that, that place down the street there. That cost, uh, uh, renovations, everything probably cost about uh, 30000 just to move in. That's how that happened. But I didn't know that was going to happen. So what I'm saying is like 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 we gotta get past we gotta we gotta get that uncertainty out. Appropriating faith cannot go beyond your knowledge of the revealed will of God. Appropriating your faith can't go beyond the revealed will of God. So you gotta spend time finding God's will for your life. Now you rolling. I don't know God's will. Then then you're not spending enough time in his presence to discover his will. You got to know that you know that you know it's God's will because the, I've been saying this for years, for ages, because people used to always come to, come to my office in Ohio for purpose. You know, I just want to find out purpose. You know, because you got purpose decisions and opportunity decisions. A lot of times we make opportunity decisions. And you know, opportunity decisions can have you like a puppet. Here's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity. Well, we can't turn down that that's a great opportunity. Yeah, but is it in line with God's will for your life? That's the difference. People will come to me, hey, man, you, you've been a blessing to me. I'm going to hook you up. You get involved in this business. You know, it's really working for me. And sure, it, and, and this particular person, you probably remember the person, if, the, if you see this, it was working for him. I said, man, man, this looks like this is really working for you. That's not what God told me to do. See, man, there you go, trying to be all spiritual. You can try to tell me I'm trying to be all spiritual. No, God has told me what I'm supposed to do. And even though I might not be on the front end getting the props like everybody else, I'm being obedient to what God's will is for my life. I had another friend, man, you know, you've been a blessing to me. The Lord told me to go tell it. So that was his line. You know what I'm talking about. He go tell. He, he broke down everything the Lord gave him to do. I said, man, that sounds like a good idea, but I, that doesn't bear witness with me. That's not what God told me to do. See, man, there you go. I'm trying to help you, man. You ain't got that but so much money. I'm trying to hook you up. You probably are trying to hook me up, but that's not in God's will. That's not God's will for me. I just can't be doing what you tell me to do. The, the person that 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 that. Oh, my God, we just talked about this recently. I just talked to the guy. Uh, man, you should stay in Columbus, man. You can start a church with hundreds of people, man. What are you doing? The guy told me to go to Charlotte. Man, man I, just, I, just, man, I just don't want nothing to happen to you, man. You know what he's really saying? This is, dude, have you lost your mind? He, he wasn't being mean. I'm just saying, look at it from his side. Dude, you know every, I just told you the, the platform I had. He was like, all these people you know. Why would you just start a church with all these people? Why would you go someplace you know no one? He said, you got a building there. You got people there. No, God told us. And that's what we have to do. You have <coughs> to appropriate God's will. You're going to appropriate your faith. You're going to have to know what God's will is for you.
Until God's promises are each a revelation of what God is eager to do for us, until we know what God's will is, there is nothing on which to base our faith on. What are we basing our faith on? If we don't, if, if, if we don't know what God's will is. See, once, once you know what God's will is and you plant that seed of faith, that seed must remain planted and be kept watered before it can produce its harvest. Faith rests with confident assurance in God's word, even while it receives no encouragement at all by what the eye can see. Faith gets no encouragement by what the eye can see, but it's resting in what God has said. Faith does not honor the natural senses, but it draws its strength from the immutability of God's word. That's where it draws its strength from, God's word. Right, so, so they limited the Holy One of Israel because of their unbelief. They believed something, just not God's word. They believed the worst case scenarios. What, what bad could happen? They just didn't believe God's word. Right, the scripture says he'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind, whose thoughts and imagination is stayed on him. So, so when it says thoughts, it's saying both your 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 inclinations and your character. Because you have two parts to your thinking. Your inclinations is your conscious preferences, like which, which, what's up here. But your character is your subconscious integrity and strength. So when your conscious and your subconscious is locked in on God's word, you're, it's unstop you're unstoppable. But if just your conscience is on, yeah, I believe that's true, I believe that's true, but your subconscious and you, this is your integrity and this is your strength. This is what you really believe. And, and what you have to do is your inclinations or your conscious mind is going to start. I believe you got to water that thing and meditate on that thing and confess that thing and, and, and lock in on that thing until it bleeds into your subconscious like to your subconscious is real. The unseen, the impossible is real. And now you rolling. See, the Bible says this adversary uh, blinds their minds through unbelief. Basically, he, 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 he replaces your faith evidence with false evidence. He replaces your faith evidence with false evidence. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says he blinds the minds of men. He replaces your faith evidence with false evidence. So now the, 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 imagi the, the imagination or the canvas of your imagination is now planted with worst case scenarios than what God says, God's will. That's the difference. Now it's, it's, it's a replacement. It's a shift takes place. So now you're playing off of worst case scenarios versus God's will. All right? So that's why we can't, you know, we talk about uh, coming to church Sundays and Wednesdays and 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 reading and meditating on that word, right? We're saying that because it's important for us to lock in on the word to a point where it's what we do without thinking about it. All right, so update our minds. So that's all for today.